Episode 40 with Kinsey Rose. Kinsey is a fantastic singer. really love her voice. A great person as well. She lives in Nashville and uh, tours all over the world. And we sat down and chatted about her life and how she got to where she is today. And also Kinsey is uh, part of the Stonehouse Sessions and uh, sang with along with Jason McCoy uh, on a new song that I produced. And uh, I think you should also check that out as well. This is episode 40 with Kinsey Rose. All right. I believe this is episode 40 for me uh, with Kinsey Rose. And Kinsey, you're in uh, Kentucky right now, right? I'm in Kentucky. I've been in Nashville. My parents are here in Kentucky, but I'll be going back in a few days back to the new real world. (laughs) Yeah, see what that's all about. Uh, I had a podcast with one of my friends yesterday who's a uh, producer and engineer in Nashville. And he basically said that he'd just been living at the studio because you just see, that's it. I have a couch and a table and a lamp at home, but all my fun stuff is here at the studio. So I might as well just bunker down here and stay here. And I said, I guess that makes sense. But probably get more work done now than ever. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. And he says it's slowly starting to get a couple of calls on, on possible sessions uh, happening. But uh, of course, we're in this COVID. Let me turn that off. Um, we're in this COVID situation. How how are you faring with all that stuff? Well, um, I've been, I haven't been sick, so that's good. Yeah. Um, but it's been, I think it's, it's been hard. It's been interesting. Um, it's been making me think a lot, just being, having a lot of downtime. And I don't know. I think it's just, it's a sad situation. It's, I really don't know what to think of it, to be honest. <laughs> So what are you, what's a weighing on your mind? What are you thinking about? Oh gosh, my mind just kind of goes everywhere. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a crazy mind. It's just my, even my dreams are crazy right now. Yeah. I got that uh, same thing. Like weird, crazy yeah. dreams. And you wake up in the morning. Like, what was that? I know. I think, it, I think the more news we watch and just hearing stories, it just, I think it gets to your mind. So. Yeah. And I think, you're hearing a lot on mental health and everything they're talking about a lot now on, on news and that. And I've never had an issue with anything like that. I always felt I'm a pretty stable person. Um, but yeah, you have, especially at night, I find that's when you go to bed or everything's kind of wound down and it's like, you start thinking of stuff and it's just like, Oh gosh, where's that coming from? But it's stressful. Um, and with the music industry, it's most of us have been doing it our whole lives. It's not something you just kind of pick up when you're 40 and decide that you're going to become a singer or a musician or a producer or something. It's something that has been part of you since, you know, a young age. So uh, it's hard to think of doing anything else. Right. It's given us me being, I mean, on the go all the time. And then all of a sudden, like you can't go anywhere. It just definitely gives you time to think about what you're doing with your life (laughs) and just reminisce on memories and what you've done and where you want to go next. Kind of a time to rethink it. Yeah. And maybe it's a good thing. I mean, maybe it's good for all of us to kind of have this opportunity to, to go through that and 
think about um, how we spend money and how we save money and and you know what we do for jobs and and everything. I think it's I think everyone's going to think differently about all that once we kind of get out of all this. Um, yeah. yeah, I hope I, I hope that people don't just jump right back and forget this time as well. I think we could learn so much about ourselves and about just life. And I think sometimes we jump in and like, you know, after, for instance, if a storm hits and you're out for a couple of weeks and you think you're reminded what life is about, and then you kind of get back into the groove and we kind of forget. So I really hope that we don't forget this time. Yeah. You know, I totally agree. I know it's, we're definitely not going to forget this time at all. Let's go back to kind of the beginning. Where, where did you grow up and where did you, uh, uh, start from. Yeah. Well, right now you guys can't see me, but I'm sitting in my room that I slept in when I was a baby. Oh, no and I'm in Kentucky. I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. And I'm actually back at the same, at the same house that, that built me. Yeah. Reference that song. Um, and I've started playing music. Uh, my parents are not, they can't, keep a beat. They're not musicians, <laughs> yeah. but I was a piano in the basement, started playing, kind of banging on that piano. And then I found a guitar in um, a viola and I started recording my own self. There was a little karaoke machine in the basement and I learned how to do overdubs when I was just a little girl. And so I'd record myself and then I would hit, um, now I can't remember how to use the cassette player, but somehow I was able to record myself doing harmony on that cassette tape. So I used yeah. to just, I was just writing songs. It's something I'd be like, okay, I have to go write a song now. No one ever told me to do it. It's just something I did ever since I was little. And I was fortunate to take lessons. My parents were supportive and they took me to any lesson I wanted to go to really. I took viola, I played the flute, I took voice lessons. And um, I went to a good high school, a youth performing arts school. Yeah, It was very competitive. You had an audition to get in there. They took it very serious. So um, I was thankful to have that training in that time in my life. And then um, I knew I wanted to, I, I got into country music. I didn't, my parents really didn't listen to it. We list, I grew up, I grew up listening to oldies. Oh yeah. Like oldies, like what? Um, like, well, I know it's not that old, but like um, CCR and Eagles and yeah. um, I don't know. There's a whole, I, I know it was a hundred, one hundred one. More like classic rock and roll. Yeah, it was one hundred one. It was the station. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I knew I got into country music. I don't know. I really don't remember the story. It's not, I don't have anything that interesting to tell you. I just I must have heard a song and was like, okay, I really like this, and so I started writing country songs. And I knew I was like. Someone told me, like, you got to go to Nashville. And I was like, Nashville, okay. And so, like, when I was able to drive, I, I drove myself there. And I I was sneaking in, not sneaking in, but I was set, stepping in and, like, looking at the bands. And they one of them asked me, like, do you want to play? And I was like, yeah. Like, how'd they know I played? And they got me up on stage, and I started driving to Nashville. And still, I went to college and finished in Kentucky. But as soon as I was done, I packed my car up and moved to Nashville stayed on couches. I did couch surfing yeah. and in hotels and kind of live. It was, it was a little bit of a rough life to be honest. <laughs> I lived, I literally lived out of a tip jar for a long time. So when, when you're in, in school, 
I would think that probably since you're in Kentucky, that there would be, did you have a lot of people, a lot of friends who liked country or was it a bit of a mix? Not really. Uh, I don't, I, I, I have an awful memory. I don't remember a lot <laughs> about that time. Yeah. I don't think, I think it was just something, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you. Yeah. I hate it. I hated school so much. I, I've deleted memories. I've deleted it from my. <laughs> Good times, right? <laughs> so you made the move going to Nashville all the time. So were you doing any, any country singing in Kentucky and Louisville area, or is it just always going down to Nashville to do that? I started, I would say I started my career, my country music career in Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, there was there was a group called Blessed Union of Souls. They were big in the 90s. Um, and I found a little, their studio and I taught guitar lessons and I wrote with a guy named Jeff Pence and we wrote some songs together and he helped me with some recordings. And then I started to um, play. I used to sing a lot for the Cincinnati Reds. I was, and I had a, a band out there and we would play before the games and I sang the, the anthem several times. And I played in tons of bars um, all over Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky. I had regular, regular set, um, set nights. Yeah. I'd play like, you know, the regular 10 to 2 in the morning and then be at class at 8. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I was, I was doing the bar life early. No wonder you didn't like school. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty amazing to be doing that and then going and trying to get schooling done. That's, that's tough. That's a lot of work. Some of my teachers were like, just go to Hollywood. They didn't get it. They're like, just go. Like, why are you here? <laughs> Cause they knew how much I hated it. And, but I did it anyways. My parents encouraged it. Encouraged the school, which is fine. It's good. Go to school kids. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I have an older sister. She, she, her and I used to sing together quite a bit. Um, she, I would sing harmony. She would sing lead. Yeah. She's um, a classically trained musician. Um, she's awesome. We used to sing. We used to have a little group together. I don't know what her name was, but we, we would write songs and sing and fight in the basement quite a bit. Yeah. So going to Nashville, obviously that experience, surfing on couches and, and just trying to, make your mark there. Um, as you said, that was, it was kind of difficult times. How, how difficult did you find it? Well, it was just, it was, I didn't have a home. I was, it, it was, I was meeting practically strangers and like asking them if I could stay at their place. And there was a couple not so safe situations, you know, when people are drinking and there, one girl came home <laughs> one night, she tried to beat me up. And I locked, I had to lock myself. I didn't, I don't, it was just crazy stories like that. And then that was out. And we're friends now, but she was just really, really, she drank a lot and was not happy. <laughs> she, yeah. But it was, there was just some crazy times. And um, yeah, I remember my, my car got towed the first gig I was ever, I, my first gig in Nashville. It was like two in the morning and I was, didn't know many people walked to my car and it was gone. Oh. And yeah, it was just, there's just stuff that happened. I think well, if my parents are listening now, it's going to be too late. But had they known the situations that I was in sometimes, I think they would have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. So what was your process when you first got 
down to Nashville? What would you do to try to get work and, and try to get noticed? What was your approach? Well, I started playing, there was the, a bar that I had played at called Big Shots. It was on 2nd Avenue. And I played there like six, maybe it was every day of the week. He gave me an acoustic slot there. And I was able to actually, I made pretty good money out of the tips that summer. And I had, I think I brought even a CD that I'd made on my own and I was selling them for $10. And I ran out of those pretty quick. And I knew like Second Avenue is good, but you want, a lot of people want to be on Broadway where more of the tourists are. So I actually um, auditioned to play at, it was at Tootsie's and they put me at um, their other bar called Rippy's and I played there every Tuesday night. The, the catch was I had to play with their band and they had like four other girls that they'd get up throughout the night and then they run us. They would say, okay, this is, Kenzie's going to go run the tip jar now. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, kind of, it was like done with that. I figured I knew what they were doing, but, and, and I was able to talk the guy into letting me have that, to have my own band. I said, can I have this slot and have my own band? And it actually worked. And then I, from that, I formed my own band. And then I moved over to Legends Corner and I played there. I still play there. Well, I used to until this Corona. Hopefully hopefully I'll get a gig back, but um, I have a good group of guys that I play with. And from there, from playing at Legends, it's actually brought me kind of around the world. I've met um, a lot of festival promoters that were from France and Norway and Denmark and England. And I've just like gone on world tours basically from networking at my gigs at Legends. Wow. That's all came from there. Did it? Yeah. And it got me, uh, I played at the, at a Preds game. Um, actually a musician put my name into play at these Preds games. And so for the hockey games, my band would play. And that's where I met Ben Skill. He heard me play there. And he came and introduced himself and now he's singing on my next record and he sang on my previous one. So, so what was that like when he, he came up? How, how was that whole story? How that went down? Well, I was singing and I knew, um, I'd heard that he goes to the games, but I hadn't spotted him yet. And so I was singing and I looked down and Vince Gill had, he was, he, he turned towards us um, towards the band was looking up and just watching. And I, and I was, I remember singing and I looked down like, Oh my gosh, that's Ben Skill. <laughs> and I could tell my guitar player saw him too. And I, I think he was getting a little nervous because Vince is an incredible guitar player. Yeah. And we played three songs. You get like 15 minutes each, each set. I set my guitar on the stand before I, and I look up and I see Vince, he walked up the bleachers and he said, Hey, I'm Vince. And I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> And so he was really nice. He just wanted to know like my story a little bit. So we exchanged exchanged numbers and the next week we were eating breakfast together. <laughs> he bought my breakfast. That's what I like about country music, especially uh in Nashville and that you'll you'll you can have someone like Vince who will who will come up and he he doesn't have to. Um Oh, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously he wanted to, and that's a, an awesome thing, but it, it's pretty neat that the community supports each other and, and have that opportunity to meet people. And I mean, obviously we all know that's networking and meeting pe- the right person at the right time is everything in the music industry. And, um, and the country music industry really 
is great for that. People I think are pretty, I mean, there's always people who are a little cutthroat and want to be the only one, but in general, uh, I think most people are, are pretty open and, and want to help other people and, and want to communicate and meet other people. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's pretty neat yeah. to live in a town. So what is it like for, I know a lot of people go to Nashville and, and go down music row and, and pop in the Tootsies and legends and all those places. What, what's it like doing those gigs? Um, as, as a musician, as, as a singer, do you have any comments on what that's like and, and what those shows are like compared to anything else you do when you're, you're traveling around playing different places? Yeah, I think it's its own, um, it's its own little thing. And I've noticed some days and it, it, it depends on kind of how I decide, how I decide I'm going to like it. Some days I can go and be like, if I'm in a bad mood and I try not to be in bad moods, but some days we just are. And sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go put up with all these crazy tourists. They're going to be annoying. They're going to like, if I think negative about it, then it's going to be negative. But if I go and say like, all right, I'm going to go have some fun, play some country music because most people would love to do that. They would love to be able to go sing for four hours and have that be their job. Yeah. And not complain about passing the tip jar. So if I go and say, I'm going to go put some smile on some faces today and just have fun with it, maybe, you know, run the tip jar and get to meet some people who knows where they'll be from and what can happen, then it's always better. Like it just, it's all in my mind, really. And there's times where there, it is hard because you do get, you do get those one or two people on the crowd that, because I, I really care about what, people think. And I think if I see something negative happen, it affects me. So I have to like, I have to be able to turn that off um, and forget about those times and just remember what the, what, what we're giving to these people, because I get so much people are so, are so encouraging. And they're like, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Like even a song I'll play, I play my originals. And people thank me. I see him crying sometimes. I think hopefully because it's good, not because it's bad. <laughs> then I'll get a, I'll get a message the next day and say thank you for singing that song. I was actually in town because my my aunt was in the hospital and I'd been in the hospital with her all the day before. You know, just like you just never know what these people are going through. And I try to remember that. I try to tell myself that these people are here because they needed to get away. They they wanted a good time. And we're able to do that. We're able to give that to them. Yeah. And yeah, there's going to be people that are annoying and that always want to hear the annoying song and they don't know any better. And I just have to remember that instead of being negative about it. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, but I guess the, the way you have to think about it is that, well, that's their favorite song. Um, yeah. It may be they, your least favorite song, but for them, it's their favorite song. A million times like I have. So I yeah. try to remember. There's, there, uh, there's been times I haven't been as, as nice about it and I'm, <laughs> and I'll say what I'm really thinking, but I try not to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's good to get it out every once in a while. Downtown Nashville has really changed, um, over the, the last few years. What's, what's kind of the biggest change that you found, um, especially on Music Row? I've found, well, there's many more bars that are open now. They're, they have a lot of three to four stories. There's a, a, a bar, a band on every level. And 
to me, sometimes I think it affects the crowd size because there's more people spread out everywhere. And they've also taken out the windows in the summer, in spring, and fall. <laughs> and anytime it's not completely freezing, the windows are out. And it causes a lot of noise on the streets. So sometimes when you're playing, you just, you hear, it hurts my ears because I don't know what I'm hearing anymore. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And there's, uh, and people, a lot of musicians don't like the tap, the, the, the bike pedal tavern's they're the we call them the the woo girls <laughs> woo oh yeah <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> there's so many party buses lots of bachelorette we i think nashville is like the number one <clears throat> party town for bachelor parties yeah something like that and it's just i remember when i first moved there i could park my car i could park my car basically find a spot on the street load in and keep my car there that was like awesome and now you have to pay like twenty dollars to park and walk forever and it's just it's more of a hassle now to get down there and there's just i think the crowd has changed a little bit there's still people that totally appreciate the country music but there's a lot more people that are there to just get wasted too yeah and i've noticed that i've seen that that's why i like to play the two to six shift in the afternoon because i don't like like the 10 to 2 at night anymore yeah yeah it makes sense you mentioned earlier that you you met some promoters and different people who've who've had you go over to norway i've seen you've traveled over there quite a bit what was what first got you over what was your first experience going uh overseas my first experience this was uh six years ago i had been played that's when i i guess i was still playing at rippy's at that time not that that matters too much but there were these two guys that were from England and they come to like five of my shows. I noticed them like they keep showing up. And then the last day that they were there, they pulled me, they, well, they asked me if I, they could talk to me. I was like, okay. Cause I really liked their accent too. I thought they were cute. Yeah. And <laughs> they're like, um, would you want to come to England and we're going to put a tour on for you? And I was just like, yeah, like, Totally. <laughs> That's what I want to get out of here. Like I want to go see the world. Yeah. And so we spoke for about a couple months over email and I got, I trusted them and we had a plan. I had a place to stay. I could see, you know, I got enough information to, to go over there and feel somewhat confident about it. I mean, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, yeah. but it was a trip over and I, I wanted to do it. So I went over and they stay, they held their word and we did about 15, 16 shows in a month. And then I um, had also met these, this nice couple from Scotland who said, after you're done with that tour, why don't you come over to us and stay for a few nights and play? And so I did that. And now they've become some of my really best friends over there. That couple, I call them my Scottish parents. Oh, yeah. And then from there, I went to Denmark and played for a month in Denmark. And I had met, also met someone who had heard me play at Whiskey Bent Saloon down on Broadway. And it was these guys that were like, come to Denmark. And I was like, okay, when? And they're like, in, it was, I think it was in May and I was playing in England in April. So I was like, well, I can hop on over and go to Denmark and play. So I worked that out and that all worked out, thankfully. And then there was someone from Norway that came to hear me in Denmark and asked if I'd come back in October. So I just kind of, once I, that first summer out there, I just never stopped going back to all those places. Yeah. So 
what was that experience like? What was it like playing to to people? Obviously, there would be a lot of people who weren't English speaking or um, what was that experience like? Well, I mean, even in, in England, it was really fascinating. The culture was, I w- it was still culture shock to me. And they were just such nice people. The, the crowds I played at that first trip, they were super quiet. They were listening crowds, which I love because as I've told you about Broadway, yeah. it was like, okay, I'm in a room full of this crowd. Do they like me or not? Because they're not even hardly clapping. They were just like, they were listening. They gave me their undivided attention. Yeah. And like that and i just i love the i just love that whole experience and then when i then i flew over to denmark and then i was in a whole other culture shock with all the language like different writing and just it was really neat i loved it i i just i love adventures and i think that was just the time of my life out there i didn't really know what to expect yeah I do remember it being really hot. Though. I, that was my first experience without air conditioning in a hotel, <laughs> but I've, I've gotten used to that. And I kind of, whenever I come back to the States, I'm like, you guys pump the air so much here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. They don't have much air over there. Do they at all? Oh, no. oh I was burning. <laughs> yeah. So what's your, what's your favorite place and uh, to play over there? I mean, you've been playing all over the place there. Do you have a certain spot you, that really stands well, out for you. Norway has been if it's I think I have my biggest fan base now is in Norway. Yeah. Most of my listeners are coming from Norway and I do enjoy so much the the country and the mountains and just the landscape. And I have a lot of really great friends. I call them family. Like I talk to them almost every day. I have my uncle, he I call him Uncle Canute. I've done an album with him. He right. had me on a last album. And he always is like, how's my niece doing? So we check in with each other. And then I have like my sister, my Norway sisters. So I just enjoy it. I think I've enjoyed the the friendships in that country so much. Um, and I have really do have good friends at, at everywhere I've played. And it's just that special. But it's hard to pick just one. I've, the, the France gig I did was awesome. That I just remember it was so beautiful. It was a really big crowd. There was like 10,000 people. Yeah. So that was um, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to pick. You took your band over, uh, or some of the guys, right? I took yeah. them over to Bergen. We played in, into France actually, but last, last September I flew the band over and we had the best time. It was so much fun. And then, um, all left, but my guitar player, who's, um, he plays for Blake Shelton, um, who's a pretty big country guy. And yeah. so I kept reminding him, I'm like, you know, Blake's never taken you to Norway before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah after the band gig we did um a few acoustic gigs together in drove around norway and it was fun it was fun to show somebody else to around yeah so i enjoyed it yeah awesome so you obviously you probably had plans to go back did you have plans to go back this year i did i have i had a whole summer planned i was going to play start in denmark then go to norway then to england then to switzerland and then back to Norway. Wow. So I, I was gone for over two months and it's um, still, everything's canceled, but Switzerland right now, they're still waiting. I think there's like going to be three more days until they decide. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Probably not going to disappear in three days. <laughs> <Unfortunately>. <laughs> there's a cure. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. 
know. I wish. <laughs> you know, would it be nice if it was that easy? You know, all of a sudden it's like, bam, it's over. But it's not going to happen. Yeah. Just think this is a dream. Yeah. <laughs> so what about Nashville as far as uh, Kinsey being a recording artist and that pursuit? Are you are you kind of hitting the record companies and and looking at things that way as well? Um, obviously being in Nashville, that's always a part of the deal, but, um, uh, what's, what's your thought on all that? I, I am more so now, uh, I, that the, I made a record, I forgot when it was put out, but the one with Vince Gill on it, it was all originals. Um, I was hoping to have, you know, you always want to hope like, okay, maybe I'll get a record deal from this. And I didn't, and that's okay. And I'm still touring the world and making a, a, a living off of music. So I'm okay. Like I'm happy. I truly am happy that I get to play music. But um, if I could get a deal, that would be, if it was a good deal and it could help further my career, then that would be great too. Yeah. If I get some, some, if I had a song that I absolutely loved on the radio out there, then that would be awesome. So I, and I'm writing, I'm, I'm always writing. I'm working on right now. Um, an album of my favorite classic country songs yeah. started in January and then kind of the world shut down right after that. But it's funny cause I, I wanted this CD thinking I'm going to be gone this summer. What if I come back and I don't have my gig <laughs> and I wanted to have a CD with my band on it. And it looks like <laughs> not right now. It feels like that was my last gig. So, but I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get that out, but I'm also, I have plans to put out singles of originals. Yeah. So that'll be out in a couple months. And so I'll be putting out like an original and then I'll throw a cover song on like iTunes and Spotify, like my classic country stuff. I'm going to mix it in. So if I could get a record label interested that way, then that would be great. If not, then there's, we have so many tools. It's true. There's social media is powerful. So, um, I'm okay either way. (laughs) And that's important. I think in the long run, whether you get a deal, if you don't get a deal, as long as you're performing and singing and, and doing your thing, that's what really matters in the long run. Um, I think we all know people who've gotten deals and nothing's happened and, and, and they're in a worse spot four years later than they were um, getting it. So it doesn't always mean that getting a deal is, is the best thing. So. Sounds cool, but it's maybe, it's not always that cool. <laughs> yeah. So you, you seem primarily, you have a love for more traditional country music. Is that accurate? I, I do really love the traditional stuff. Um, I, bought, I've, I love 90s country quite a bit. Um, but I like it all. I mean, I, I, I'm not as, I'm not big into like the, what you would hear country on the radio right now. There are some songs I think that are, well, that have, that do well and that they have good meaning and it's just not really me. A lot of that stuff isn't me. So that's, I don't do it, Yeah. <laughs> but I just try to, I'm not, I'm not close to doing just traditional country I, that I don't, it doesn't have to be that, but I just, that's what I enjoy. So that's what I do. That's good. That's my favorite too. So, um, right up my alley. Um, so if you were, looking at yourself as a recording artist, um, say you were to get a deal, uh, would you want to push to be more traditional? Um, or would you 
obviously probably be open to anything, but you know, that would be, if you want to define Kinsey Rose, would you, that would be the sound you'd want to go for? I think that would be really cool. I, I love, um, Leanne Womack. I love her albums. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely want, I don't want to say like, I want to be like some, or it sound like somebody because I want it to be like, I want people to hear it and be like, that's, that's Kinsey. So I think as an artist, you just, each record you make, you kind of figure out what direction, like who you are in a way. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how it's going to sound, but I know what I like. I know, I know what I'm happy. I'm singing the classic traditional stuff. So. Yeah. And it seems to really suit you. I mean, that seems to be, you can tell it's very natural for you and it's kind of, you, you sit in that pocket just perfectly. Yeah, thanks. That's good to know. So let's talk about um, High Road for a bit. Um, that's a, a group that you're involved with. Tell me about how, how that all came about. That came about um, a girl named Sarah Davison, who's the leader of this group. She had called me and said, hey, can you come and play at Loretta, Loretta Lynn's Ranch tomorrow with High Road? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, can you learn like eight songs really quick and come and play? Because we need, their, their other girl wasn't able to make it. Um, so I was like, well, okay. So I like, I, 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 got, I actually got a notebook together and cheated and had my cheat sheets on the ground. But I played that show with them. And um, it took, come to find out the girl um, had gone a different direction and they were looking for somebody. So she asked me to stay in the group. And I said, I would love to do it, but I let her also know that country in my artist gig is like my passion and that's my number one thing. So if you're, if you're okay with that, I'll do it. (laughs) And so I joined and I've been able to kind of juggle both. It's hard because it, before things shut down, I was, I really was on the go so much between going to Europe, playing with high road and doing my Broadway gigs. It was just, was a lot and then trying to also think like I need to record something to have some material out there it was just it's really hard to juggle it all but it's been really fun um we've also got to see some really cool places it's brought me to Alaska twice and just the friendships the girls are great and we get along even though we have to ride in a van for hours and share hotel rooms so we actually do get along so that's says a lot for girls traveling together yeah (laughs) yeah they keep pretty busy. I, I see they're quite busy, like probably more weekend runs. Does that tend to be? It, it's a lot of, sometimes we leave, we'll leave on a Thursday and come back Monday before they'll drop me off in the parking lot and I'll get in my car and like change in my car and go to legends. It's, we, we, and we, we play at churches on a lot on Sundays. So sometimes we're up at five in the morning or four in the morning and we get in a hotel at one in the morning and oh, yeah. you know, we're like, sleeping and then we play three two to three shows on Sundays loading in like loading in all of the equipment and then driving seems like forever to get back it's it's that we do keep pretty busy or we were keeping busy and then I was also still doing my own gigs so yeah talking about that in in that role and in that group you you're not the lead singer correct um no I do more um, I do a lot of the high harmony, but we do switch off. Yeah. We sing a lot, but I do sing lead on a couple songs, but 
Um, this is Sarah's group, Sarah Davison. Yeah. So this is her, she's the boss. <laughs> and yeah. I, I get to just kind of show up and they, they have me as the comedy relief. <laughs> <laughs> I tell jokes and keep people laughing in the van and on the stage. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so what's that like, not like being a lead singer and always been kind of like the front person and then not being the front person? Is that a different thing for you or was it just kind of just fell into it naturally? It's not. Um, it kind of takes, I kind of just get to relax a little bit more and sure. kind of get to like sit and in, in the back of the van and just not do anything <laughs> and, and just kind of relax. Um, and then, yeah, it's, I don't, I've always loved singing harmony. I'm still getting to play music and it's just, the harmony is just as important as the lead. Yeah. So um, I don't have to be the, the center of attention all the time, but I don't, I think with this group, it's not really looked at that. We're, lo- we're looked at as a group and not like, Oh, she's the lead singer. It's kind of a group thing. Yeah. yeah. I really don't, I should care, but I don't, I don't care if that I'm not singing lead. It's fine. <laughs> it's still fine. I know exactly how that feels. I've been in that position lots where, you know, lots of time I'll be playing, um, in my family group, uh, and we're all front and we're all kind of equal. You're emceeing, you're doing this, you're doing that. And you're kind of this center focus a lot of the time. And then you get a chance to just kind of sit in with somebody and just play and you're thinking, Oh gosh, this is so much. I don't have to think about what it's going to have to say next. And what's the next song and how are you going to segue? And, and all those things, right? It's just, it's nice to just kind of sit back and, and just do right. your thing. Yeah. They, uh, every now and then they'll ask me to introduce a song and I always end up messing it up. It's funny. Like it's, it's just hard for me to, to introduce songs sometimes <laughs> when they put me on the spot. I, I always make it to be where everyone's laughing somehow. <laughs> so they don't ask me to talk much, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> now, from what I can tell, you certainly have a comedic side to you and kind of, would you say kind of a silly side, comedic side, let's have fun side. What, how would you explain that part of yeah, you? I just think things are funny. I, I'm always like thinking of stupid stuff in my head. <laughs> and I, I mean, I can be serious and take things serious, but really what's going on in my head, I'm thinking of like jokes and how funny something is to me. <laughs> yeah. I do. I like to have fun. Um, I kind of have humor of sometimes people will be like, you have the humor of a 10 year old boy. Cause I'm the, I'm the one with like the fart app in the, in the van. Like when someone sits down, I'm pushing it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just think things are funny. I like to be silly and have fun and tell jokes. So, That's yeah. Awesome. So were you always like that or is that something that just kind of. I think I always, I think I always thought like I was really shy as a kid, but things were still funny to me. I would like make fun of people in my head <laughs> in a nice way, yeah. but I would be vocal about it. I'd be like, kind of think like, huh, you know, like a kind of a dry sense of humor. And now that I've been <clears throat> playing in the bars and being around people, I just, I'm not scared. I'm not as scared to be myself anymore, which is good. It's something I think I've worked on to just be, let even if it's stupid or whatever, just to do it and not care what people are going to sit think. Yeah. Like I met this this character, I called her Kinzard, but I started to, <laughs> I started to put like a mullet wig on because I used to have a mullet, 
and I have these like funny teeth and I just make funny videos in my Facebook people. They think it's funny. I get calls for Kinzer now and <laughs> like, maybe this is too much. Maybe I shouldn't post it, but I do. And then people love it. So you just have to not worry about what people think and just be yourself. Yeah, that's true. I mean, most people are just trying hard to be somebody that they're not. And, yeah. uh, I think we had this conversation the first time we, we chatted, um, and just kind of watching you on Instagram, your stories every once in a while, you feel like you get to know you because it, it feels very real, right? This is, I feel this is Kenzie. I mean, you know, exactly your funny side and, and you know, you just kind of let it all out there. And I think that's really important. Good. That makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Good, good. So we just, uh, uh, finished a little project. I, I started this Stonehill sessions and, uh, reached out to you to see whether you would sing on this new project. And, uh, uh actually it started starting a third one right now too. Um, with uh, a couple friends of mine from Nashville, but we decided on doing a Randy, well, originally a Randy Travis tune and, uh, you graciously said you would do it. You sang the crap out of it. It was really awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I love that song. I love, I'm a huge Randy Travis fan. So I was like, yes, I want to do that as soon as you asked. <laughs> yeah, it was really great. And it was fun. And we've been, the story, we've, we've gone back and forth a few times. And, and uh, originally you sang it on your Apple earbuds. earbuds. And, uh, and the, the cool thing, I'm always a stickler on doing something right. And if you're going to do something, let's do it right. And, I got that sense from you too. Cause I, there's part of me that I didn't want to, it sounded great. The performance was fantastic. Uh, but everyone else was recording their parts through studio equipment and, and oh, yeah. Their parts. <laughs> well, your part sounded great too. It's just the, the quality of the Air, Apple AirPods is not as, not as great as it should be for recording. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you really kind of came up to the table and said, Hey, no, I let's, let's do this in a proper studio or studio microphone. And, and, yeah. uh, that I thought spoke million miles for you. Cause it, it's, I, that's my goal always to sort of like, if you're going to do it, do it right. And, uh, you know, I think it makes sense. Yeah. Well, once things are out there, they're kind of out there. So you have to live with it <laughs> for a long time, but I just think it, the track sounds so good. I want, I, I want my part to sound as good because I would love to show, my my people or my friends and and I and I'm friends with Randy Travis too so I want to be like hey Randy look at this so I want it to want it to sound good good thank you for that and uh it's going to be uh hopefully by the time everyone listens to this it will be out and uh the video to go along with it Uh, once again fantastic job and and thanks thanks for doing that and I, I prefer your vocal over uh Carrie's vocal don't tell her but Oh yeah. I hope she don't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> she sings great, but, uh, yeah, your vocal just felt more appropriate, more country. And, and, uh, you did a really fantastic job and, and that's, I can't wait for people to hear it. Thanks. So let's wrap up on, um, a couple other quick questions. Oh, I forgot to ask about, you post a lot, um, pictures with your dog. Wish he was up here. I guess you're not going to get to see him. The, the listeners won't get to see him. So, but yeah, Max is his name. Yeah. And uh, so Max kind of is a big part of your life, right? 
Yes. I've had him for 13 years and he's just been, he's been by my side, except for when I go to Europe, I don't take him to Europe, but I'll give him to my parents in Kentucky. Yeah. But he's just, he's a companion and like a family member. He's, I don't have kids yet. So he's kind of my little, my little son, <laughs> my little furry son. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And if you have a chance to uh, check Kinsey out on Instagram or any of those type of things, you'll see lots of pictures uh, yes. of Max. I made Max's own Instagram account. So follow Max. It's called I am a happy schnoodle. It's his handle. <laughs> <laughs> follow me first and then Max. <laughs> awesome. A couple of questions I always like to ask. One of my favorite questions is, is there a place out there that you haven't performed at uh, that's on your list of, or bucket list that you, okay, I want to play here. Um, and you haven't had a chance yet. Yes. I would like to play on, I would like, I would love to have a slot on the Opry. Um, just to say I've played the Opry. <laughs> I think that would be really cool. And I would love to play the Ryman. Yeah. Um, but gosh, no, I can't think. I'm sure there's lots of other places. I still want to play some, like, I want to play at a little, like, biker bar again with a cage. I want to say, I've never got to play at a place with a cage. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll come. If you do it, I'll come and check it out. <laughs> I have played many biker bars, but they didn't, they needed a cage, but didn't have one. So, nice. yeah, i and biker bar with cage. That's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> so, looking five, ten years down the road, um, do you, are you one of these people that kind of like to plan ahead and kind of, it's hard to plan ahead during COVID, but um, yeah. do you have, do you have plans and where you want to be and what you want to do? I know it reminded me, I saw something about like when you asked people five years ago where they'd see themselves today, <laughs> just like in the now all of this is happening. So it kind of made me think like, wow, we really don't know what's going to happen, but it's good to have goals and make plans for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that it is hard. It's hard for me to even think. I mean, I hope um, I'm still playing music if I still love it as much as I do, you know, like, um, and I, I hope I'm able to see, I love, like I've said, I love traveling. I'd still have my bucket list on places I want to get to. Like Canada is actually one of them. Um, I'd love to play there. I'd love to play in Australia, New Zealand. Um, I can't remember everywhere, but like, I just, I love to do that. And I love the friendships that I make while I do it. So that's just, it's been such a huge part of my life for the past six years. I can't imagine not doing that. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, I hope, hopefully I'll still be doing that, but I'll have, have a family and be able to have a family that supports that. And I'm able to just, um, have those experiences with as well. So I don't know. I really don't know what, what life will bring. I think I just, I have to keep working right now and um, getting my music out there because I think until I get, I think it's something I'm always going to feel like I have to do until like I get to that point yeah. that I'm okay. Like I can take a breath now and not worry about music for a little bit, but right now that's what I do. So I'm going to keep doing that. Awesome. Well, you seem like a real go-getter if that's the word you want to use uh, that you you know, you're not the type of person to kind of sit around too much and just, you seem to want to keep busy all the time and, and you're constantly working on something. Yeah. I love to, to always be doing stuff. If it's not music, I'm, I love sports and like, I was just golfing with my dad today 
um, I just kind of have to keep moving because that keeps me sane. It's kind of my therapy. <laughs> That's good. And the COVID question going on now, what, besides obviously music, what do you miss the most being kind of, if you want to say, uh, in lockdown, um, what's, what's the one thing that you're dying to be able to do again? Um, gosh, that's a good question. I don't know if this sounds bad or not, but I've actually, <laughs> I've kind of enjoyed like having some personal space and like <laughs> not having to be around people, but I do miss like just getting a hug or like being around your, your good, your good friends. I don't need to be around a bunch of people all the time, but like, I miss just feeling comfortable about like, Hey, let's go do this together. Or like, let's go to coffee and sit at a coffee shop. Just simple things like that. Yeah. I miss. Um, and just, I think it's just, it's weird when you go out now and you see everyone with the mask on and just like, it's just totally different. It's just a whole different world. So I kind of just, I do miss the not having to worry. I think about like, am I going to get sick from this? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yeah. The one thing you mentioned is it just getting a hug. I love getting hugs from and giving hugs to people. And, and I do too. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't like to be touched that much, but <laughs> like a, a hug every now and then, like, you know, it's nice. And I think it's good for your heart. Well, I'll let you get back to uh, your everyday stuff there. And uh, I hope you have a good few days there with your family. You know, I'm going back to Nashville in a few days. And I appreciate you taking the time and us chatting. And uh, it's been fun getting to know you. And I really appreciate working on this song. And, and hopefully we can do more stuff in the future. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thanks for asking me questions. Thinking that I'm interesting enough to ask a question too. Of course you are. All right. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll just stay on there for a minute. I'll just wrap this up and, uh, oh, I want to ask. So if anyone wants to find out more about you and, and, and get in touch with you or check you out on the socials, what's the best way to find you? Just find me. Um, I do. I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I have a website. I have all of my music available on iTunes and Spotify. You can Google Kinsey Rose. I'm Googleable. Um, so it's K-I-N-S-E-Y-R-O-S-E. Awesome. What's your preferred social media? Is it Instagram? Um, yeah. I mean, Instagram to me is kind of more of my personal stuff. I put more of my personality on there. Yeah. <laughs> and then Facebook, I put more, I keep that more towards just music and um, kind of where I'm playing. So it depends on what what you want to, what, how you want to see Kenzie. <laughs> if you want to see jokes in her dog and all that kind of stuff, look up my Instagram. And that's good. I think because some people just duplicate everything and you say, well, why do I follow you here when you put the exact same stuff over here? If it's a little different content, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I put stuff that I wouldn't want my grandma to see on Instagram. <laughs> so, <laughs> so go to Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. We're wrapping up and uh, thank you again. And uh, we'll uh, hope everyone has a chance to uh, uh, hear the song. If you don't, uh, I'll make sure I put that um, on the link below to uh, listen to I Told You So, um, one of my favorite classic country songs. And you actually joined Jason McCoy on that one, who's uh, I've been a friend of mine for many, many years. I've played in his band for years and a uh, great friend and great singer. And I think you guys kind of matched up very well. So. Because, sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Uh -huh.